0: This is the Artist Coaching Podcast. Hi Denise. Hi, how are you? Oh good, and you?
1: I'm really good, it's great to talk to you.
0: Yeah, it's been uh, about a week right now, right?
1: Yeah, it's been a week. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's been a week, yeah. And how's life over there?
1: Life's great, I can't complain, things are going really
0: well. Is spring starting to kick in or...?
1: Well, it actually just snowed, even though it's really? spring, and it's supposed to snow even more, which is not fun, because I'm all about warm weather, and this is not doing it for me, so I cannot wait until it's actually spring.
0: Nice. And where, where are you based? New York, right?
1: Um, in New Jersey. Yeah, I'm New pretty Jersey, close yeah. to New York, about 45 minutes or so. Yeah, I
0: actually noticed that it, from a client of mine on his Instagram stories last week that it was snowing. I was like, what the fuck, man? That's like, it's getting springy, and <laughs> it's like 90 degrees. It's perfect.
1: Yep. <laughs> What's it like over there for you?
0: Yeah, it's just it, spring is actually starting to kick in. I have fired up my barbecue a few times this week, so uh, I'm a happy man.
1: Nice, that's awesome. Yeah. Love barbecue.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, yeah, so first of all, thanks for uh, for taking the time to do this with me. No problem. Uh, and of course for all the people who are listening right now or watching this video. Um, a little background story. I think this is a a proper example when it comes down to networking, you know, like how did we met, you know, we we met through Instagram stories and can you tell a little bit more about how that, yeah, how that worked and how that ended up?
1: Sure, yeah. So, I basically am looking to go more into doing uh, music business and marketing mentorship with artists. So, I was just going through Instagram looking at different hashtags, and you were one of the only people that popped up. So, I just started following you. Yeah, good job with your Instagram marketing. Yeah, Uh, that's how I found you. And you just happened to see that I was watching your story and reached out before I did because. Um, I just didn't get a chance to do it yet, so that's how we connected. Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) Thanks for reaching
0: out. Yeah, no problem, but it's fun because um, every now and then I just go to my Instagram stories and I have a look at people who are looking at my stories, you know, just to keep up with who is following me, actually. Uh, Right, that's smart. Yeah, and and I just noticed your name, but the one thing that that I noticed is that besides your name, because I've never met you before, and that didn't stand out at all, you know, because there's a million Mm -hmm. people called Denise on the world, but... Um, what stood out was that in the like the what's it called subtitle or whatever in the subtitle stood like EDM World Magazine or a co-founder or whatever and I was like oh I've never heard of that before let me just check it out and then I reached out to you like hey what's that and what are you doing and we did we did this short Skype call and now we're here so I think uh, this is just a perfect example for people who are listening uh, yeah how to network you know like this is how it works this is how easy it could be. And I think that's that. Yeah, that's really important for people to understand.
1: It's so easy. And a lot of people are like, how did you get this interview with this artist? How did you mm-hmm. get an interview with this artist? And I'm like, you just have to provide value. And it has to be yeah. a win-win situation. And it's much easier than you think, especially now with social media. I mean, you can just reach out and take your chances. And the worst thing yeah. that happens is you get a no. So yeah, don't and and let what, that What discourage happens if you, you get
0: a no, you know? Like, it's nothing, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Just yeah. keep trying, follow up again, and maybe eventually you'll get a yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, perfect. So uh, tell me a little bit more about the EDM World Mag, because uh, you told me a little bit about it last time, but I think it's important for everyone to uh, to know this platform as well. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Tell me uh, what, what's EDM World Mag, and how did you end up, uh, well, founding it, actually, right?
1: Sure, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'm... Um, solo an owner. Um, and I'll just tell you a little bit about my backstory and kind of how I came to where I was today and starting the magazine. Sure. Um, I went to uh, school for business management. Um, actually funny story. I applied for music management at my school and I was lied to and was told that I had to play an instrument and like actually apply that way. And even though I grew up playing the piano and playing the flute, like I'm not good. I wasn't really trying to become an artist myself. Mm-hmm. So I, um, just was like, okay, I'll just go, you know, the regular business school. And I'm actually happy that happened because I got a better overall business degree. Um, but yeah, growing up for me, music was just always a big part of my life. I did dance and music was always on in my house. Um, I can't remember a time when music wasn't part of my <laughs> life. How old are you? Uh, we right go on now? road trips. How, um, oh, 29.
0: <laughs> 29. Me too. Well, perfect. Oh, age. wow.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So yes. go ahead.
1: Yeah, so um basically like I just knew music was always important to me and um in middle school I unfortunately found out that my mom had gotten non-smokers lung cancer. Mm. So I had to deal with, you know, that difficult time in my life and unfortunately she lost the battle to it, but um music really helped me get through that and at that time I was listening to more like rock music and you know emo if you will type music Mm -hmm. and you know going to shows was really important and helpful for me and um ever since then I just kind of made this decision that I wanted to work in the music industry I wanted to be able to help artists because I knew I didn't want to personally be an artist myself and I saw so many people struggling um there's so many starving artists I hate that term yeah and I just really wanted to be uh a help when it comes to the business and marketing side of things. So um, then I obviously went to school and um, I did like help some of my friends here and there. But what I quickly realized with uh, working with artists, um, I was trying to go more in the management route was that a lot of them were just cool with playing, you know, once a weekend here and there, and they didn't really want to be a big star. And Mm -hmm. I have like big aspirations, so I really wanted to find people who really wanted to make it big, and I was having a really difficult time um, finding someone that I really gelled well with mm-hmm. and being be able to have that relationship, so um, I decided to start my own magazine, and I thought yeah. that would be a great way for me to help artists, um, because not only help artists, but also other people in the industry yeah. and be an, a new resource for them, because One of the number one complaints was that it was hard for them to market themselves and get out there and find a new audience. So creating the magazine, I thought it was a great new way to do that. And And when did you start this? So I started this in 2013. So it's been like five years
0: or so. So you decided to start a magazine in in the period where all magazine sales went down, actually.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Basically, yeah. That's a bold move. But what I did was um, the magazine is actually inside of an app. And Uh so we are very different from traditional magazines because we're 100% digital, we're not print. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was really unique and different. And because of that, we're designed to optimize for digital. So we can have links and videos, and it's not just all text in the magazine. And to me, that made it way more um, unique and you know, forward thinking than the traditional print magazine. Yeah, so it's... we do get a lot of requests, people asking for us to be a print magazine. I'm like, I'm sorry, like, I appreciate your request, but it's going to cost double the price of, you know, a traditional subscription now that we have. And so I'd much rather it be a better experience than just to try and make some more money. Yeah. Um, so. That's so, where we're at. And
0: did you did you immediately started off as an app, or did the app came later? Because it's something you have to get built, and it, it probably costs some money. You know, did you start off on, through a website, and the app came later, or did it did the whole package started at the yeah at the beginning?
1: Nope, it started completely from the app. Um, oh, wow. I actually use a. Um, Template, if you will, for the app. So I didn't have to know what's called the coding, which is the back end. Mm-hmm. I only really had to worry about the front end, which is the design and the content of the magazine. So that helped me to just go straight to the app, and I didn't have to worry about all that difficult uh,
0: tech stuff. <laughs> the tech nerd tough, stuff,
1: but not like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you did this all on your own, so you didn't have anyone who helped you with it, or yeah.
1: Yeah, starting out, I did it all on my own. I actually tried to design the first issue, which was a horrible idea because I am not a designer, and I quickly learned that there's no way I could do this on my own. So I cannot say that you know it's all just me. I have an amazing team, about twenty people right now, and 20 people, wow. we all do different things. So yeah, it's been. It's been really amazing to build up an amazing team of people who are really good at the things that I'm not good at because that's one thing that I learned is that you have to be able to delegate out the things that you're not good at and give them to other people so that you can focus on yeah. the things that you are good at
0: and increase those skills. Yeah, it's exactly. I always tell that to ours as well, you know, like focus on your strengths and and yeah, lay down on on the on the lower points because that's most of the time where managements or bookers come in, you know, like, th- that's just exactly. simply sales and simply marketing and also that's one of the things that most artists don't really understand. So a good management or a good booker can definitely help you with that, but um, unfortunately not all bookers or managers are good in it, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so you, uh, you're you 29 and you've already found it, um, yeah, a pretty, uh, yeah, how do you say that? Um like successful uh, magazine right now or well, online magazine app actually mm-hmm. is it something you I do called, full-
1: I call it a digital magazine app that's yeah. how I
0: refer to it yeah great one so that, that's that's something you do full-time right now or
1: yep it's what I'm doing full-time uh, we recently within the last year have started um, publishing on our website as well so we have all the paid content is inside the app that's we publish it monthly and we have like a free trial so you can check it out for free Um, but we also wanted to provide even more content for everyone other opportunities because obviously the magazine you have to have some sort of you know standards for the magazine in terms of who we're featuring we're not just going to feature anyone inside there but for our website we can be a little bit more open and helping more up-and-comers with that so all the content on our website is for free So that's the two main areas where we post content and obviously on our social medias. And then, um, the direction that I'm trying to go in is I still want to be able to help artists more one-on-one because, you know, since I've been running the magazine, I've seen so many mistakes that artists make. And I'm just like, Oh, I want to help these people figure it out. And Hmm. I, I just have been doing this now for five years running a business and I look at artists as they are a mini business and the skills that you need to run a business go hand in hand with artists.
0: It's the and exact so- same thing actually. That it's something so many people forget, but you're just running a business, you know, and a lot of people think it's only about the creative part, but it's just it's just the tiniest bit of the, the whole pizza, you know, like it's yeah, it's crazy to see that so many people underestimate it.
1: Yeah, I always say that it should be 50-50, 50% of you being creative, making music, mm-hmm. and the rest 50% should be sales and marketing. And if yeah. you're not splitting your time between those two, then you're missing half of the puzzle.
0: Yeah, true. So you were saying like you've been in this industry for like five years now and you already gathered some experience. And what's the thing that, that um, the biggest mistake or the most common mistake you see happening with, with artists right now? Oh,
1: the biggest mistake. That's a tough one. There's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would say when it comes to them marketing themselves, they just don't understand that you are building a relationship with your fans. You're not just like spamming them. So a lot of people just share links. They don't even explain why they're sharing the link or every time they post it's buy my music, check out my show come pay me and give me money. It's yeah. There's no relationship building. And if you're especially new starting out, this is the per- perfect time for you to build that relationship with your fans because you have that time and freedom to do so. When you're a big artist touring, you don't have as much time to do that. So Um, while you have a bigger audience, you can't build as strong a relationship with people. So use it to your advantage and, you know, talk to people in the DM, um, get to know them, find out what they like, what they don't like, um, ask them what they want from you. You know, at the end of the day, your music is for them. It's not for you. If you want it to be a business, if you don't want it to be a business, it's totally cool. Just, you know, you don't need to worry about any of that. But if you are trying to make it a business, then you have to remember that your music is for them.
0: Yeah, that's a great point you're touching right there because uh, I think last week or two weeks ago, anyway, I, I received a message on my Facebook from someone like, hey man, uh, all the content you're putting out, it's so untrue and you're you're bashing the music industry. It's like, dude, no. It's like if you, if you don't want to make money with music or if you just want to play on the streets or whatever you would like to do, I don't mind, you know, like feel free to do it and yeah, be right. happy with doing that. But if you want to make a, a living out of music and if you want to make money because you need money to make a living, you know, then you should do different things aside of making just music. And mm-hmm. that's what my content has, uh, is, for, uh, is made for and your content is going to be made for that as well. Um, so it's, it's just so underestimated and a, f- a few people just get really uh, attacked. If you start mentioning money and music in the same sentence, it's like, well, mm-hmm. what the fuck? I don't, do a, I don't want to have anything to do with that. It's just a crazy thing, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a mindset shift that has to be made, Mm -hmm. and I think the more an artist looks at it as a business, the more they'll realize it's not a business if you're not making money, and so if you want to keep it just, you know, as a hobby, that's cool. Like, I have nothing wrong with that. That's just a decision you have to make, and a lot of people make that decision to keep it a hobby, and that's totally fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. I actually posted a video as of today when when we recorded this. uh, well, what was it? I created a quote like music is a business music is a business and business is about money. You know, like mm-hmm. that's, that's what good people, quote. Yeah, that's what people seem to forget in this in industry. So yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's just a fun thing to me. Well, um let's dive a little bit deeper into the last few years because you've been into this five years. What has been um the most interesting development to you in the music industry, like could be on music production or maybe on music marketing or what's something that happened in the last few years where you were like, this is, this is a game changer?
1: Hmm. Um, I would say definitely social media. I mean, <laughs> everything has just taken off and people finally have realized that these are free tools that you can use to get in front of an audience. And... The more people you can get in front of, the more people you can touch with your music. So I think that's been the biggest thing. Um, And I definitely think that a lot of people don't use it to their advantage. Like the whole thing recently with Snapchat, people Mm -hmm. are like, oh, I don't want to use Snapchat anymore. They changed the way the user interface is. It's still a free platform, all these artists who have millions of fans, yeah. for them to leave a platform, like that is just insanity to me, you know, you have to look past those things and yeah. still use the platform for your benefit, that's, that's what I think. What about you, what, what do you think?
0: Well, I, <laughs> a lot of things happened actually, but I'm going to take one recent thing, and I'm really curious about your opinion as well. What do you think about the, uh, the recent changes on the Facebook algorithm, like how many people were complaining about that, you know, like a lot of people tend to forget that it's not really normal that those kind of reaches are free, you know, mm-hmm. and people started, have to start paying for it for just a small amount, just 10 euro, 20 euro, whatever. Um, and they just keep on complaining and complaining and I I think that's weird but I'm curious to hear your opinion.
1: Yeah, so my opinion is definitely different than I think most people. I actually kind of look at it as a bait and switch because people, like, they've baited us to come to the platform, use it for free, and now they're like, oh, never mind, sorry, you have to pay for it. And that was something that I never wanted to do with the magazine. And that's why I started the magazine off paid and haven't changed it to free or haven't changed the business model at all because I want to start with what I think is going to be moving forward. And so, I kind of feel like that's what they do. They bait and switch, and a lot of people do that. They try and build up a big user base, and they're like, all right, now it's time to monetize. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my opinion on it, but I agree it is a business. They have to make money some way. And
0: I I think everyone who starts off building an app or building a platform eventually has the dream Mm -hmm. to create a living out of it, the same as artists do, you know? Like uh, they Mm -hmm. want to make a living out of it as well. The difference is Facebook is worth uh, like a zillion m- million dollar right now um, mm-hmm. and the fact is that there's so many content out there and then I think I, I really believe but that's just maybe my simple humble opinion I really believe that those companies do those things and like change the algorithms to keep the information better for the, for the users you know to, to, to mm-hmm. make to create a filter which ha- which makes your user experience uh, at the best way possible. Because it's impossible to, to see all the content out there on a daily base. It's crazy how many videos get uploaded, how many texts, how many photos. You will get flooded, you know? So they just pick out those things that work the best. Or maybe another company or another artist had paid for it to be in front of your face. Uh, and I just I just think that's that's a really yeah, that's like a, a normal way how, how the world works.
1: hmm I definitely think though that because Facebook is so massive that they would still be making enough money with the people who do want to pay for ads and do want to expand their, their growth and their reach exponentially. So I don't think necessarily needed to do that per se to stay afloat, but I understand why they did it. Like you said, so I I can't really be mad. (laughs) No, I I
0: don't think they did it for the money. I think they did it because, uh, Facebook has like, um, how do you say it in English? Um, They have bigger issues than money, you know, like if Mm -hmm. if something spreads on Facebook, which is bad news, the whole world's upside down. So they have a big responsibility to the world to share what's, what's real and what's useful, because otherwise the whole world gets up and down. I don't think it's necessarily all about the money because they're rich as hell. So yeah, they don't even probably care about the money.
1: I see, you mean like more content management, making sure exactly. that the best content is getting pushed out and exactly.
0: not the yeah. bad content. It's the same thing what happened with YouTube, you know. Do you know that story about that vlogger who uh, uploaded a video with someone who died in the vlog? Yeah,
1: I think Logan yeah, Paul is so his name. Yeah,
0: something like that. Uh, yeah. But that's that's actually the same story, and that's an example of how bad things can go. such a huge platform uh, took like, I think it took them nine days to take the video offline. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and that's just something that, you know, that's the responsibility a platform has towards the world. Uh, Right. Because if a video like that spreads over the world, it's just a big impact to everyone. And that's the responsibility Mm -hmm. they have. And it's not just 10 videos that that get uploaded every hour. It's like a million every minute, you know? It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, let's move a little bit forward from that uh, subject. Sure. (laughs) Um. What's your vision on the music industry right now? So what do you think, do you think it's, it's what's interesting right now in your opinion?
1: Look, a question. I actually wrote a blog post on our website Mm -hmm. about what I think the trends are going to be for 2018. So Mm -hmm. if people want to check it out, they can check it out. But, um, I really feel like what's going to happen is that more and more artists are And I think it's already happened, but they're going to leave labels and start their own and become more independent and have full control of their own business so that Mm. they don't have to give up percentages of their revenue to labels. Um, The biggest thing is getting an audience. And if you're already big and you already have that audience and that following, you know, there's not as much need to stay on a big label because you could probably sustain yourself. So that's what I think is going to continue to keep happening a lot. That's one of my biggest um, predictions for this year. What do you think?
0: Um, I think what I see happening right now as well. A few, I, I've seen a few DJs who've been doing this in the last year. Uh, is they've been ditching management and bookers and hiring mm. people themselves. Uh, mm. So you're not, you're not going to like this management office where like these six managers are working for twenty artists and you're just one of them, but you just. Hire a manager yourself, and you pay him a monthly salary instead of percentages. Uh, and that person works for you one hundred percent. All the hours they work is for you, because I think that a lot of artists are struggling with um, being in the spotlight with with one of those agencies. You know, if there's twenty artists who need management at one office, and there's just six managers, you'll never get all the attention that you deserve as an artist. Uh, and you, a trend that you see right now and I think that will be developing in the next few years to a bigger scale is that artists who have, um, who have the money actually, who have like the financial upside of, of hiring people, they will start hiring managers and bookers and label managers for themselves just to have them working 100% for them and not to, yeah, to split their time into three other artists.
1: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I I could see that happening for sure. It makes it, sense.
0: And it's actually what you say. Like, yeah, it's actually matches what you what you were saying. There are business, you know, so you they're just actually hiring people to work for them. Right. And in 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 the old school model, it it has been management offices and they take percentages and stuff. But now they're actually putting people on a payroll, which is new because you're yeah you're a company.
1: Right. Right. Makes sense.
0: Yeah. So uh, I think that's going to be. Yeah, we're going to see more of that in in the next few years with artists, Hmm. I believe actually. Um, And what about your future? Do Do you think? How do you? Let's go crazier, you know. Like it could be something really, really unreal, or it could be something that could be real, but is the far away from our from our yeah our life right now. What do you think, or how do you see the world with music in ten years or twenty years?
1: That's a tough question. <laughs> I feel like I can't even think five years, and <laughs> let take, alone 10, take it as 15.
0: far as you can. Like, what what do you think is One. is doable, and what's the uh, what's a technical thing that could be here in a few years, which could be mm-hmm. cool?
1: I definitely think VR is going to be a big player, um, where people can just either put a contact in their eye and be at a festival and be experiencing that. Um, mm-hmm that would be really interesting. And I guess anything that where people can have an experience and not necessarily have to leave where they're at to have to travel and go far. Um, I think that VR is going to be a big player in changing the music industry. And um, I can't wait. I think it's going to be cool. I think Mm -hmm. people are going to just be able to, you know, just drop in wherever they want and feel like they're in a different world and, the two worlds are going to collide where people are going to choose. I just want to live in a VR world the entire time. And maybe there's going to be cameras where they can like dance next to the DJ booth, like, and not even be in the crowd. They can just change their location yeah. of where they're at. I don't know. That's my biggest prediction, I guess. What about it's, you? What it's do you fun think?
0: because one of those, yeah, well, in, in like a minimum size, it, it's already happening because Snapchat, it has that function where you can just uh, look on location. So let's say there's a festival and you can pick that location and you can mm-hmm. watch from all the cameras. So you actually right. already have different perspectives on, on the stage or whatever. Um, so it's like a, a minimalistical version of what you were saying right now, but... Um, I have something that, that really matches your your answer as well, uh, but that's more because I'm, I'm having a baby coming up right now, and uh, I was thinking about the future, you know like we went out. When I was sixteen, when I was 18 years old, we started going out in my hometown drinking beers with friends and stuff. <laughs> I really believe that that world is going to disappear on a high high pace. I think within 10 years, uh, the whole world of liquor and tobacco and all those things, it's going to be harder and harder to get it. And you've already noticed it in the last few years. Drinking has been more expensive. Smoking has been more expensive. Uh, some, it's Sometimes it's illegal to smoke somewhere or inside or public places. Um, I believe that those kind of things, like bad things for the body, are going to be too expensive uh, and too hard to get. And I think going out to bars or clubs or whatever uh, isn't going to be that fun anymore or not fun enough for for children to go to so they go in a VR place I think children in 15 or 20 years will put on the VR glasses at home on the couch with friends and they go to a certain online festival or an online club or uh, and they don't have drinks they don't have smokes and whatever because it's illegal and it's hard to get and it's expensive um, so they do it at home in their virtual reality
1: That's interesting. I definitely, I definitely agree with you in terms of the negative consequences of like drinking and smoking. I definitely think that's going to be more on the decline as people learn more and more about health Mm -hmm. and, and turn towards a healthier lifestyle. So that's interesting though. I didn't, would never think that they would go towards being banned, but anything's possible.
0: Well, it's, it's already happening, I believe. Like, like countries as Sweden and stuff, liquor is so crazy expensive over there. And in, oh, wow. in, the, in the Netherlands as well, if you, if you have a look at the prices of a cigarette compared to 10 years ago, it like triple doubled, you know, like it's crazy. Uh, So so I think looking at the moment where we are right now, like everyone's so consciously working on their health, like healthy food, bio, uh, all those things which are already um, happening at this moment. So I think if you take it on a longer spectrum of 10 years, those things are going to get crazy expensive, maybe even banned because it's just too unhealthy for the body. And yeah, interesting. A, and that has a negative effect on the industry because the industry has a lot of those negative influences, you know, like liquor and drinking and and, and smoking and stuff. It's just a part of the, the the places where we where we play the music and where the festivals are, and it's just a, an important part of the of the industry. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Someone actually emailed me today about stats about ecstasy, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to post this?" I'm like, "No, that's okay. I'm really trying to not." promote drugs. I want people to understand. Yeah, like our community, especially a lot of my friends, like I don't really do drugs and that's not something that I think we should be promoting and talking about and continuing to fuel that fire. So, um, you know, obviously we've talked about drugs in our magazine and we always promote like, you know, if you're going to do it, be safe, uh, make sure you're testing everything. But I So that's interesting that you say even more, like especially alcohol and, and cigarettes and that kind of stuff. Um, I would be stoked if that happened, so yeah. I'm all for it
0: I just I just really believe that um, like we can be honest about it it's really it's just woven into the industry, you know like everywhere you go where you play music or if you go to the club or the festival there's, there's liquor and there's smoke and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and i think that's part of the entertainment industry as well because it's an escape for people it's an it's an environment where people go for an escape of the of the normal world they just want to have right. a good time with friends which is good of course but i think the government is going to make harder measurements in the, in the in the upcoming years because health is such a big financial uh, part of the of the world and it's becoming expensive and expensive and more people are getting sick and people are getting older so I believe that's going to be a big problem in the big uh, in the yeah in the future.
1: Yeah, and I hope things like marijuana are easier to obtain because that's a healthier alternative, and um, especially like CBD. There's so many amazing studies that have been done with that. So I think that if that is becoming more popular, it seems like especially in America, that's going more towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that more alternative natural. Solutions are where things are going, so I'm all for that. <laughs>
0: <Cool>. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, let's just uh take this conversation to an end. I really want to thank you for, uh, for the nice conversation, and uh, yeah, I, I just want to mention it again. Uh, I really think this is a perfect example for people to see how a connection can be made and uh, how a connection can be, uh, uh, how do you say that, um, nurtured actually. Um, And I think this was interesting, you know, it's something different than I normally, it's some different uh, subjects than I normally talk about with people. So thanks for that. Uh, Good luck with the magazine and uh, hopefully I'll meet you sometime somewhere in the future.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking with you and getting to know you. And I just want to throw it out there, anyone watching. Um, you know, I want to get more into helping artists more one-on-one. So I will be having a bunch of stuff coming out soon. So definitely follow me on all social media you? platforms. Um, so my name is spelled uh, differently than most people spell Denise. It's D-E-N-I-C-E. And then um, on Instagram and all of my socials are... Denise DB underscore. So you can follow me there and you can follow the magazine. It's either EDM World Mag or EDM World Magazine everywhere as well. So feel awesome. free to check out the free trial and, or hit me up, ask me any questions. i love to be able to help people as much as possible.
0: Awesome. Well, they will probably do it. <laughs> awesome. I will make sure they do it.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. Cool. So thanks
0: again <laughs> and have a good day. Thanks. You too. Bye.